0: Tiffany will be providing a little bit different perspective on this project. She is founder of Acuity Group, uh, PLLC, has more than 13 years' experience in the combined areas of accounting, fraud examination, litigation consulting, and business analysis. As a result of her unique knowledge and experience, she is deeply passionate about the education and prevention of fraud. Acuity Group was founded in May 2007 out of Tiffany's desire to put this passion to work for those who find themselves victims and to provide personalized, specialized service in this niche field. Tiffany serves as board vice president of the Washington State Society of Certified Public Accountants, Southwest Chapter, previously serving as board president for several years. She is a member of the American Institute of CPAs, including their Forensic and Valuation Services section, and the Associate of Certified Fraud Examiners. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree, accounting degree, cum laude from Central Washington University in Ellensburg. She is an honoree of the 2007 Accomplished and Under 40. Each year, up to 40 individuals in Clark County who are under the age of forty are recognized for their professional, personal, and community accomplishments. Please welcome Tiffany.
1: I wrong. Thank you. Uh, most. Most people don't really know what a forensic accountant is. I'm I'm a CPA, but I'm sort of your non-traditional CPA. You're not going to find me doing tax returns at the beginning of each year, and you're not going to find me doing financial statement statement audits any longer. Um, 100% of my practice is basically telling the story of what happens to people's money. A lot of that is fraud investigation and going in and figuring out what happened to somebody's money. Um, And other parts of that is looking at contracts, understanding relationships, and testifying in court when people sue each other and need somebody to talk about um, what has happened to their money. In this case, Mr. Medor contacted me probably less than two months ago and indicated that he had received all of these documents from a, a Freedom of Information Act request, and the documents were enormous, and could, he, could I help him go through um, what, what we had? And that's been my job. Um, that's been a difficult job, given the, the documents and the, the way they were sent over. Um, but another big piece of what we've done is we've met with the uh, CRC um, project managers, the WashDOT. Um, higher ups and several meetings Um, and some of that has been really eye-opening to me Um, and because of what i do raises more questions and unfortunately today i don't have a lot of answers for you Um, but i do have a a lot of questions based on what i'm seeing and i'm hoping that together um, along with our friends in oregon this week we've got some help there with some of the legislators i'm hoping that um, we can encourage them to open up their books and actually show us what's going on, because right now they really don't want to show me what's going on. So, do we have my PowerPoint? There we go. So I was able to meet with, what do we meet with, uh, 10 legislators, both Democrat, Republican in Oregon. We went to Salem on Thursday. Um, It was astounding. In that room, Um, Of the of the ten legislators in our initial meeting um, I started getting into this and and somebody raised their hand and said what is the CRC? And I said what do you mean? And they said well, what is it? Who is it? So they did not know who the CRC was? Then I explained to them I talked to them about the rent and they said "Well, wait a minute Somebody else raised their hand and said what do you mean they have an office? What do you mean they pay rent? What do you mean they're sitting together? They didn't realize that there was a CRC that it was a, a a joint venture between Oregon, Washington, and several other entities. They didn't realize that they're sitting here in Vancouver paying rent, um, and so really um, it was really astounding to have to back all the way up and give that education to our legislators. So we we can't assume that they really know what's going on. And I guess it makes sense if you're from Medford or Klamath Falls or. But, you know, some of these folks were closer in, Lake Oswego, didn't realize really what's going on. So I'm going to educate you a little, I won't go probably through all of this, it's not working. So just a really quick background. We kind of say three things have to happen for fraud to occur. One, somebody has to have an internal pressure, a need, and we read it in the newspaper all the time. The soccer mom or the, you know, the person from the, an employer, you know, they go in and they take their employer's money. Um, they rationalize it by saying, well, gosh dang it, I just can't afford the mortgage this month, or I want my kid to play baseball. And we have to limit opportunity. And and as business owners, that's our job. But as citizens, how do we do that? Sort of a um, big problem we have. As fraud investigators, there's three things that we look at when we go in and investigate fraud. The first is financial statement fraud, and we know that because we know what Enron did, right? They cooked the books, they wanted to make sure their financial operating results looked a little bit different so that Wall Street would like them and their stock price would go up. Asset misappropriation, that's pretty much somebody's taking, taking money from the till or writing checks to themselves unauthorized. Pretty common with what I do. Corruption is the third sort of overall kind of fraud that can occur. And it actually is more, most common in governmental entities. And what corruption is, is wrongfully using one's influence in a business transaction. I'm not going to tell you about some of the relationship issues I'm seeing already. Because I want to make sure that we get it right before we say anything. But let's just say that in this project, relationships are going to be a big part of why we keep going forward with this. Corruption is done to procure a benefit for somebody um, for themselves. It's contrary to the duty of their employer or to the citizens who have elected them. And some, some examples are ex- accepting kickbacks. That's what happened with the Oregon prison food scheme. The guy was accepting kickbacks. Conflicts of interest. This one, we have laws on the books regarding this, folks. Uh, conflicts of interest means, well, you know, I know David, and David knows me, and, and or I'm, I'm an elected official, and, and I own a business as well, so let's just, can I use my position to procure benefit for myself? Bid rigging is another one. I don't know if we have any of this in this case. Um, but I'm just trying to educate you as to why we are looking into what we're looking at and what some of the issues could be. 32% of all frauds that occur are in the category of corruption. In the last couple of months and even prior, we've requested documents from the CRC, and the first thing I do as a CPA is I say, I want to look at your financial statement. I want to know all the money coming in, and I want to know all the money going out. Pretty basic. In your home, it's your W-2, your money coming in, and you know you've paid your mortgage, and you've paid your health insurance, and you've paid your, your car payment, whatever it is. And if you, at the end of the year, put your numbers together, you'd kind of see where you were at at the end. And as a business owner, most of us, that's what we do. We look at the numbers. And so the first thing I asked in our very initial meeting was, can you please provide me the financial statement for this project? They don't have one. They don't. So I said, okay, um, can I ask for the, the funding by source? So... Really quick, previous to my, my stint here as a fraud examiner, I used to do, be a governmental auditor. I used to audit schools and cities and counties and all kinds of different governmental entities down in California. So I understand governmental funding. And I understand where we get our, where the government gets its income, tax dollars, um, funding from, from the, the feds, etc. So I said, I need to know the total funding by source. How much has come in from Oregon? How much has come in from Washington? How much have we gotten from the feds? We don't have that, Ms. Couch. So I said, okay, what about expenditures? Well, they attempted to give David and I the expenditures, and we'll get into that. Um, But these are some of the things we've asked for. Nothing that I believe, especially at the outset of a job, would be really too hard to provide, and something that would be in the ordinary course of business. We've also asked for benchmarks to understand some of the newly built overpasses. I drive up and down I 5 a lot, and they're building new overpasses everywhere. And so we would just like to understand how much did some of those overpasses cost so that we can comp- compare those to the overpasses that are happening or supposed to happen here. They've not yet given us that information. We also just want to know who they're paying. Who's their master vendor list? If you walk into Acuity Group and you ask for my master vendor list, if you ask for my financial statements, I'm going to be able to run a report pretty quickly for you. We also asked about audit reports. They've not had an audit done for the CRC nor for any of their major vendors ever for the last five or six years. So, total CRC funding by source. No reply. They actually told me physically they don't have that accounting. Total CRC expenditures. They said, well, Miss Couch, that's too hard to do because Washington pays for some and ODOT pays for some. And I said, well, I, I understand that. I understand that, you know, if you're going to build a, a building, you might have some money in savings and you're going to pull some of that from there and you might get a bank loan and you might pull some of the money from the bank loan and that's all going to kind of be combined so that you kind of know what you have to spend so that we then know, we understand how to spend it they don't have that accounting in the crc office here in vancouver for expenditures they said well we can't really tell you total expenditures for the project in detail because we don't have that but the washdot we washdot people we have given you this data dump from our system and we can tell you what we've paid at least what washdot has paid for this for this project which they did and i think that was from two thousand and six through two thousand and ten, and they had paid one hundred and eight million dollars so far. We'll get into those details pretty soon. I asked about project deliverables, so I said, "You spent one hundred and twenty million or one hundred and fifty million. Really, don't we don't really know? What have we gotten for the, those project deliverables? You know, did, what did we get?" And she. She being the CRC, the manager, she's brand new, Nancy Boyd, she said, I don't really know. I need to get that to you. That would be something good that we should have. And I said, I think so. I did find something on their website here pretty recently that proposes that it is the project deliverables, but it doesn't really reconcile to the information that I have so far. We asked for financial statements. They said they are not required to do financial statements. They're not required to have that 30,000-foot What's the money coming in, money going out? We don't, they are not required to do that. So we, that's not something we're probably ever going to get. They've still not replied to us on benchmarks of the overpasses and the master vendor list, which David's been asking for for months, long before I ever even walked in on the scene. They don't. And then again, the audit reports have not been performed. So what do we have so far? 715 miscellaneous PDF files. Now, when I request documents from a client, I always ask for the financial statement so I can look at the big picture, and then I say, okay, give me contracts, give me your vendor payable file, give me bank statements and canceled checks, and generally those things come to me in a pretty orderly fashion. Unfortunately, the documents that have been provided to us are in no orderly fashion. And Mr. Mador really explained it to them well one day during a meeting. He said, you know, you've given us a lot of data, but we don't have any information. And unfortunately, we've got a private citizen now hiring my services to put the data together so I can provide all of you and him and whoever wants to listen with information. Some of the files are so large that it just knocks your computer down. There'll be thousands of pages in a single PDF file. The, the pages don't seem to relate to each other. You know, if, if I asked you for a vendor payable file and I wanted to know everything that was paid to U.S. Digital, you're going to go and pull up a vendor file and you're probably going to pull out all the invoices that you paid to U.S. Digital and all of those would be in some chronological order, or at least by year. That's not happening either. Um, unfortunately. So what they did give us, they said, well, here you go. Here's what we've done for you. We've, we've extracted all of the, the expenditures for WashDOT into this pretty Excel file, and here you can have it. And so it gave us information. It said the payee, the amount. It coded it by, for example, rent expense or architectural expense or IT costs, etc. And I thought, great! Wow, we're we're getting somewhere here. Again, it's only for Washdot. It's not total CRC experiences expenditures. 108 million totaled. 108 million Washdot is spent between 2006 and 2010. At least that's what they're telling us. I can't prove that with actual vouchers or invoices just yet. 15 million of that didn't have a vendor name. So of the 108 million, nearly 12, 13%, I can't tell you who we paid because that information was not in their system. As a forensic accountant, I'd find, I would find that, I find that questionable, okay? Could it be a problem with the data dump? Absolutely. I've at when we we showed this information to Ms. Boyd, she said, "Gosh, that's a problem. I'll get right back on that, and I'll get that right back to you within a week or two. And that has since passed, and we've asked two more times for her to fill in the fifteen million dollar blanks, and/or we've asked WashDOT. Um, that has not been provided to us yet. Thirty-eight million of the hundred and eight million doesn't have a code, so. You know, you walk into a group, and I'm going to have some payroll expense, and I'm going to have rent expense, and I'm going to pay my utilities, and I'm going to pay for my my professional business license or taxes. And so you're going to know of all the money I've spent why well, I've spent it on. Thirty-eight million dollars of the one hundred and eight million that WashDOT has spent, we do not know what it was for. Because that is blank. We have asked them what that means. What the $38 million was spent on, was it for rent? I think some of it was for rent because it's that same amount. But what was it spent on? We've not received a reply. $77 million of the $108 million has gone to a single vendor. $77 million has gone to David Evans & Associates. David Evans and Associates do architectural and engineering. Um, and what bothers me is everything that I see where they've provided information, for example, to um, reporters says that they've only spent 28 or 30 million to David Evans. But their source stock, the, the information they gave up to us that they indicated were source documents from the WashDOT accounting system for payments, for the crc project 77 million dollars according to their system has gone to david evans and associates when i we there was a report in the willamette weekly this week and um, the gentleman Nigel, I can't remember his last name, but he had a, a cost report that said, well, thirty-eight million to David Evans and five million to HDR and some of these other vendors. And I said, well, wait a minute, I have seventy-seven million just from WashDot to from WashDot for the CRC, and you're saying it's only thirty. So he sent me this cost report that was really beautiful. It was pretty, and it had you know, it just looked like a really nice accounting report. It doesn't reconcile to the information that I have. I don't know why, um, but I don't know why they didn't provide that to us. Uh, But it is something we've asked for. I have no idea what the sources are. And it only gives us the vendor. It says, you know, 38 million to David Evans. It doesn't say why or when or how many checks were written, et cetera. Here are my observations as a forensic accountant. We have no financial reporting for the 130 or 150, or at least the $108 million we know as Washington taxpayers has gone out of our coffers. We have no real understanding of where that money came from. And 15 million of the 108, we don't know where the money went to. We have lack of data in an accounting system. As a, an accountant, as a forensic accountant, that's just a, it's a big red flag. And we have no central repository of documents. One of the things we've asked for is, can we come in? Can you please pull the David Evans contract for us? Can you please pull all the payments made to David Evans? And they said that that would be really difficult for them to do. They're, at this point, they've not been able to produce that. That just is a red flag. And I don't understand why... We don't have that at the CRC, if, if we're managing the project here. Um, and again, the 77 million, that's where it was. So here's what I asked the legislators. They've not provided accountability, why? And I, I started thinking about this on our way down to Salem. I always wonder why somebody does something, why they do things that they do. And some, I wonder sometimes about egos, and about saving face. And sometimes my clients come to me and they've really invested in something bad, and I say, you know, let's stop the bleeding. Let's just stop spending what we're spending our money on, and it's embarrassing, and it's not something we can feel good about, but at least let's say we've made a $150 million mistake and not a $3 billion or a $10 billion mistake. Um We've asked for a full forensic accounting. It, I, it would be nice. Um, they have told us their internal auditors have looked at it and everything, I, I don't know if they're working on it or they said everything was fine. I don't know what, what the communication was about the internal audit. They said was fine. Okay, so the internal auditors have indicated that everything is fine, but I don't have an internal audit report and I understand what internal auditors do Um, They need to go in and look at documents. They need to actually have a report. Um, That's not happened. Um, We just ask for full forensic accounting. We want to know what the funding is. We want to know the expenditures. We want to know the relationships we want to demand that bidding records are open. It is our understanding that David Evans and Associates was basically sole sourced this project. And the only contract that I have for them is a $50 million contract, so I have yet to understand why they've been paid $77 million. They have indicated to us that they cannot open up the bidding records because that creates information that would be intellectual property that should not be given to just ordinary folks like us, but I, I don't understand, it would be nice to understand that what the bidding process is. Um, and then we just want to demand proper accounting records. Um, I think these things are basic. I, again, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a lot of information for you, a lot of answers for you, um, as it's going to be our job here in the coming months to pull the data together to try to come up with some information. Um, so that we can make better decisions, but given the high red flags that we have already, um, it doesn't make sense to me that nobody is just at least calling a timeout here. So we can, if we can't manage our 108 million or 150 million, how are we going to manage, you know, a bigger project? Um, and who's going to be getting all of these contracts for this for this work? You know, this is what I told the legislators. You guys have the power. You also have the responsibility. And we all want accountability, stewardship, and transparency and ethical leadership. I want to tell you there was a room of Democrats and Republicans, and i it was the first time in a long time I felt energized by our governmental process. They were so um, open-eared. They put in a budget note related to the oversight they wanted ODOT to have over the CRC, they did that within hours of our meeting. It was just really exciting. Um, uh, they really want some answers. Um, I did talk to one long-term legislator, and she, I said, what about this 150000000 million? We've spent it on a bridge that won't work. And according to the engineers that I've interviewed and the people who, one guy is a bridge guy who's actually designed or helped work on bridge projects, and he told me, you know, Tiffany, they would have had to have known really early on that this would not work. And I said, well, why continue to spend the money? Well, because we have a contract. And when I, I told this legislator this, she said, well, that happens a lot. You know, things happen, and, you know, $150 million, it's, 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 it's gone, and we need to move forward with this project. Um, I don't know why. But my contact information is here. If you have any questions, please feel free to, to ask me, and I appreciate your time.